listening to School Crack, Ireland's first and foremost Magic Gathering related podcast. I am your host David Wolf, and I am joined here by Kieran and Alan. Each and every week we bring you all the latest news and speculation about Magic Gathering. <laughs> played, played a lot of magic this week. Nice. Lots of formats. I did not play that much. Well, I guess I played more than I usually did. But uh, okay, so here we are on the show today. Uh, we have a fairly packed show today. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, obviously, Modern Masters 2017 has been released, so we've we've all done drafts. Well, a draft. Yeah. No, you've done you've done multiple, Karen. Yeah, I have. Um, so we have that to talk about. We have a possible spoiler, unconfirmed spoiler from Amonkhet. Um, we're going to talk about the ban list, and then we're going to get onto our tournament report and our deck of the week. Yeah, so I guess we'll uh, we'll start off with the the release of Modern Masters twenty seventeen. Uh, yeah, so it was released <laughs> out in the wild um, on St Patrick's Day. Yes. Um, yeah. So yeah. So I suppose we. I think you two used it a draft together. You yeah. were in the same pod. Is mm-hmm. that right? Yeah, uh, we're we in, were. Yeah. 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 And then I was. Uh, I was at the PPQ in Avon, which we'll discuss uh, later. But, yeah. Uh, it was like afterwards. I, even though I had no intention of going to do a, do going to do a, a draft afterwards, uh, because uh, spoiler alert, I didn't win the PPTQ and I was feeling <laughs> a little bit just like I want to get some value out of the day. So uh, yeah, so then we all sat down and did a draft with eight of us over there. So we we're both on on other sides of of Leinster um, doing drafts. Doing drafts <laughs> the same thing. Yeah. Great, yeah. So uh, so yeah, uh, as uh, as Wolf said, I had drafted a couple of times on. The Magic Online Beta. They had a, they did a f- couple of free draft weekends, so I was maybe slightly more familiar with the format. But it really it did. It still felt like my first draft when yeah. when mm-hmm. we drafted in the shop. Like it felt like I mean, when you paid your your forty euro entry, yeah. it really yeah. feels it feels a bit more real <laughs> yeah. than, uh, than yeah. just doing a free draft on Magic Online. Definitely, yeah, yeah. So this this uh, we actually did our first draft on Saturday because uh, Gamers World, the local shop, is never open on St Patrick's Day because obviously. Here in Ireland, St. Patrick's Day is a, is a national holiday, um, so we, we drafted on Saturday. Um, it was yeah, yeah, also it was my first draft of the format, and I had only looked at the spoiler, so um, it was totally new for me. But yeah, the shop offered two options. It was 30 euros. I suppose price is important to talk about yeah, properly yeah, sure. <clears throat> with this set, so the shop offered two, option, offered two options, 30 euro, no prize support, yeah. Um, or forty euro with regular price support of what is it pack per player or pack and a half per I, player? I think like it was. Uh, I'm not sure if it was a pack and a half per player. I think it was. It was. It was slightly more than a pack. I think it worked out as mm-hmm. anyway. Okay, yeah. Because uh, I think it worked because we had eight people and I think it worked out to nine or ten packs maybe in the yeah in the prizes. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, um, but the the packs themselves are eleven euro. Yeah. To buy in store here, I don't know what they're like in other countries. Um, like the MSRP in, in the US is, is $10, I guess, is it? It is $10, yeah, and it seems to be, the trend seems to be that the, the set is retailing fairly, like a, like a decent amount cheaper okay. uh, per box on UA and America. Yeah, it seems yeah. a good bit cheaper, and I think slightly per, per booster as well. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, everyone was happy to go with the, the 40 euro entry for our draft and yeah. just have a bit of price support. Yeah. Uh, and it also means that there's no reason to, because peop- some people... Maybe you would like to a rare redraft, but mm-hmm. in a set like this, if you're only going to draft it once or twice, and I think you, you're not going to be that comfortable, familiar with the format, and you're not going to be like, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely going to 3-0, because you have no idea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I definitely prefer not to rare redraft, so it was kind of nice having the, the booster support, 
for that reason because you yeah. still felt like you were not just taking money picks because mm. because you were still playing for prizes. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so I was happier to do it that way. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah I prefer not to rare redraft. I don't know if people. I'm sure most people listening know about rare redrafting. Do they? Is it worth yeah, explaining? Yeah, we'll give it a, we'll give it a, a quick explain. Cause, yeah, yeah, basically you take, uh, after the draft is finished and you have the results, you take all the rares uh, that were opened and you put them down on a table and people get to pick them in order of results. So mm. whoever w- went through 3-0, won the draft, will get uh, get to choose first what rare they want. And then you, you go through. So it basically means everybody gets three rares that was in the draft, um, and the better you did, the you'll get, you'll yeah. be the better rares you'll get. So I, I don't mind doing it usually for normal sets. Yeah, normal sets I don't really mind. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But this one where you have the potential to open like such high value things, it's just not. Yeah. It doesn't seem fair, especially because like it's it's something that gets hyped up, and there might end up being new players. I know that modern masses is not exactly ideal for new players, but there's not many people out there saying that to people. So. Yeah, not even new players. There's, there's players who are not new, but relatively inexperienced at at like actual competitive level drafts that that can come be attracted by the high value in the set. Yeah, and, and if they are kind of priced into rare redrafting because everyone else at the table wants to do it, it can end up feeling really bad for them. Yeah. I, d- I definitely think it does. Uh, like another option, which is not very utilized, though I think it's actually can be quite a good idea. Is it's it's just slightly more hassle. You can have everyone take a picture of the three rares they open from yeah. from their booster and then everyone just gets whatever they open back at the end of the draft. Yeah. But that does just yeah. create hassle and, and time and if anyone wants to drop early yeah, that's it, mm-hmm. it's a pain in the ass and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So yeah, so we just play just just keep what you pick yeah. basically. Yeah. And rare redraft is also a hassle if people want it to is. drop early yeah. as well. Yeah. People yeah. do say that as, as a reason they don't want to hang around. Mm-hmm. Like if your last round finishes in twenty minutes you got to wait half an hour for the round to end and then yeah. another 15 minutes to do the rare redraft. Yeah, that is exactly, a lot of yeah. time added on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I feel like, you know, like rare, rare redraft in normal sets is fine because, you know, you could have maybe one big money card that everyone's playing for if it's... Yeah, and, like, that, if it's and that big money card like is, a, is a 20 euro card. Yeah, whereas as like, opposed to a 100 euro yeah, card. If, if you're playing a draft where there's hundreds of euros at stake, it'll feel like it, it'll just suddenly change from like, you know, a casual yeah. event to, oh, look, someone opened up a foil life. Now we're all playing for like... You know, you know, weeks, ages, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I, I think that will just change the whole mood. Uh, so I was happy. To, I was happy just you know, like my pack one pick one was Blood Moon, which <laughs> I really wanted to make work in a limited format, but uh, I ended up not. Gonna <laughs> so I, I still pack pick it. Uh, I mean, pretty much everybody has has Gilgates in their deck, but yeah, yeah, it's I mean, definitely well, better I did than normal though, yeah. in this format. Yeah, but, but yeah. also people usually have Signets, which solves that problem. Yeah. Oh so. yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, my, my, my pick two was uh, 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 Scalding Tarn, which um, doesn't really work well with Blue Moon. <laughs> I, I had to pick one to use. No, it does. It lets you, uh, lets you fetch oh, up your, your, your basics. Your yeah. basic yeah. island and yeah, not yeah. get cut off. You can, you, you, you can play Blood Moon and hold priority and then fetch a response before that resolves, so your fetch land is still a fetch land. Uh, you could do that if you wanted, but it seems yeah, a complicated. Yeah, it seems like <laughs> that's probably true. Too, you can yeah. just fetch first and then play the Blue yeah. Moon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, yeah, so I did like uh, David and I's uh, AirPod. The box we opened was seemed pretty terrible overall. Yeah, there, there was, was very little terrible. value in it. 
which I feel like we took one for the team because it meant no one no one bought that box and cracked it open and it felt really bad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a really good limited box. It was a good, yeah, it was a good it was. box to draft with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was. Uh, but I think, yeah, so the, the most expensive card was a Misty Rainforest, I think. Yeah. And that was the only fetch in the box. God. Yeah. And yeah, there were no high value mythics. Yeah. So yeah. It, was, it was pretty low value. What were the mythics? Somebody got... There was Olivia Voldaren. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. I opened pack three mm-hmm. and I passed it on to the player to the left of me. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was to the the right of you, but he he uh, he was in black red already, so he must have been pretty happy with that. Yeah. yeah. But uh, that was yeah that was the only money card I saw mm-hmm. when I passed it. So yeah, that, it was only the cards what a yeah, tenner or something like that. Yeah. That, that's what that's what uh, LSV would call a grown up decision that you you, you picked a card that. It was. Was, it, was your pack? Your was your pick for that pack? Uh, Flicker Wisp. I, I drafted Blue Eyed Flash. Uh, sort of banned flash it ended up as and uh, yeah flicker wisp is just pretty insane in that yeah, deck. yeah definitely yeah but yeah it was discipline pick uh one of gus who works at the shop was standing behind me as i considered that pick and i was it took me about 30 seconds and i took the flicker wisp but then uh gus just said can i see your deck <laughs> and then i went yeah sure have a look and he looked through it and he went yeah fair enough so, <laughs> yeah. so it was nice to get a little right bit choice. of uh support on yeah, that yeah, yeah yeah that's yeah, nice exactly. <laughs> yeah, if it wasn't a double off color splash, maybe I, I just should have cut yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, no, it was it was pretty low value. But uh, as you said, it, it was good for limited. Like I feel like everyone's archetypes pretty much came together the way they wanted. Pretty much, yeah. mm-hmm. So uh, so yeah, I drafted sort of splicers, uh, flash in in Bant. Uh, Wolf, what did you draft? I drafted basically red green beatdown. Yeah. Uh, with a splash of white. Yeah, sort of Naya beat down, but yeah. mostly red-green. Yeah, yeah, I had like three white spells. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I grafted uh, Grixis, make your opponent discard all the cards. It was it was pretty beautiful. That's a good place um, to be. Yeah, I had uh, two, I'm going to say the name wrong, Cedraxis Spectre. No, you said right. Cedraxis. I had two of those, <laughs> and I had, I had, I had, because, well, not just because of my Mystery Rainforest, or my Scalming Tarn, but uh, I had like enough Gilgates Gates, and I had, um, uh, the Necropolis to to support the anyway. So mm-hmm. I was casting that consistently on turn three, nice. uh, and just yeah chipping my opponent's hands away. Um, and then I, I had some other kind of unearth uh, shenanigans going on. I had uh, bone splinters to kill mm-hmm. stuff as well. It was yeah, yeah, so well, it was pretty sweet. Just that, yeah. So if people aren't familiar with it, Sidrax, what is it called? Sidrax's Spectre. Yeah, is a three-two flyer for three. That's uh, so a what red black one. Yeah, no, no, it's, yeah, it's just a Grixis. Oh, it's just Grixis. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when you deal combat damage to an opponent, they have to discard a card, and it has an unearth of one and a black. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a rare, and it's in this set. It's an uncommon. It's pretty yeah. insane uncommon. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that that is definitely a card that'll put you into Grixis. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I kind of well, I suppose I was already in Grixis before I sat down at the table. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm, I'm happy to play Grixis in any format. Uh, uh, so once they start coming together, I mean, you know, I felt almost locked in to mono red with Blood Moon, but I managed <laughs> to get out of that. Uh, yeah, then I picked up some removal uh, early on. Then, yeah, then, then I think I think what I love so much about the, the format was that if you get a pack, if you get if you get past a pack that doesn't really have any good picks in it, you can just slam down a Gilgate or yeah, slam down any kind of picks and. and yeah, and all all of the all of the Grixis colors uh, fixing just came to me, and it was nice. yeah, pretty beautiful. Yeah, yeah that's a, that's a nice thing. It feels like cube in a way, in that if you prioritize mana fixing, then in the third pack you can just take whatever bomb gets passed to you. It doesn't really matter yeah. what colors yeah. it is to a, to a certain extent because the bombs in this set are actually quite color intensive, so it can still maybe be, be slightly mm. different, yeah. difficult to uh to just make a completely uh, completely different splash for a bomb, but. Uh, yeah, it's definitely good. I actually didn't pick up that much fixing until quite late, and then the the, 
blue green Gilgate started coming around to me. Yeah. But uh, but I I because I wasn't seeing fixing in the first few packs, I just decided to just try and cut blue white as hard as yeah, possible. Yeah, really good plan. Yeah. Uh, and that seemed to work out as well. So there's definitely sort of the two different plans you can do because I think that although like playing four and five color and taking fixing early definitely works. If too many people at the same table try to do it, yeah, uh, they're they're all they're all going to screw themselves out of yeah. their decks. Mm. None of them are going to have a consistent deck, and the yeah. other you know five players at the table are going to have absolutely insane decks because mm-hmm. they're just going to be mm. getting past good cards the, for the entire first pack. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I feel like that as much as I, I love that plan of you take uh, mana fixing to take all the bombs pack three. I think that only works if you're like probably the only person on your side of the table doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, or even on a table doing it um, because yeah because you're relying on people to be uh, locked into their archetype or their colours by pack tree yeah. so that things they don't want like Olivia Valderans uh, get past you yeah which is, which is slightly less likely to happen in this set as well because the bombs can be such high value that yeah. people might just that, take yeah. them or yeah. they might just say draft them because they're getting a little bit of value from just having the pick yeah. like I like I can't imagine everyone at that table would have passed the Olivia, the Olivia but uh, to me, I just I just wanted to see what the best version of my deck that I could draft yeah, was. I so I took the flicker. I had two flicker wisps. It was yeah, kind of that's, that's pretty nice. great. But, but uh, so yeah, so my deck was fun. It was uh, it was splicers. I had two mist ravens, two flicker wisps, a mist meadow witch, uh, a seagate oracle. It, it was just all sort of like medium valuey blue mm-hmm. white cards, and then I had like four different splicers making golems, uh, and a and a bunch of blink cards. Mm-hmm. So it was like. After I lost, I lost my first round, and then I won the next two. I went two one. But after I lost the first round, I lost to uh, the Niv Mizzet, the the blue red dragon, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. which is just an insane bomb that I just couldn't beat. Yeah. And I and I just thought, oh, I don't really have a finisher in this deck. It's kind of dirty. Like, have mm-hmm. I made a huge mistake drafting this and not like splashing for some kind of game ending card or something yeah. like that? But then the next few rounds, I felt like I was able to just value yeah. people out with yeah. the, the blink, and it and it kind of ended up fine. Yeah, like we played each other in the second round, and I was trying to cast my. I had my like turn three Woolly Doctor, and you're yeah. just like, okay, Miss Raven. And I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah. turn four also Woolly Doctor. Uh, okay, Miss Raven or blink my Miss Raven. Yeah, you know, get rid of that. I just couldn't make it stick at all. So yeah. I was just basically skipping my turn every turn. Yeah, you're kind of getting time walked, and I'm getting it for two points or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. And eventually, you had other stuff, and you were able to hit me. For, I think you were able to hit me for ten one of the turns, and yeah. then that was I was on like two or three, and then I was like, okay, well. I can do lots of cool stuff at this moment because I have enough mana now, but it's not enough to yeah, yeah. to kill you. And I, and I did, to be fair, I did have one bomb. I had Cyclonic Rift, which mm. was my pick one, pack one, oh, yeah. which is just an absolutely broken card. Yeah. Like Especially if your opponent doesn't know that you have it and they're trying to race. Yeah. And then at the end of their turn, when you're both down to like 10 or 8 hit points, you just return all of their creatures back to their hand. <laughs> yeah, and, so good. And you can swing for lethal or you can put them to two mm. and have five attackers next turn yeah. and they're only going to be able to replay one or two creatures. It's it's completely absurd, the yeah. card. Uh, I think once or twice I played it just uh, without overload. Mm. So, so Cyclonic Rift is one and a blue to, to bounce an online permanent uh, and you can overload it for a six and a blue, which... Uh, returns all... Returns all oh, online yeah. permanents More to your opponent's hand. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's just a completely absurd card. So that was actually that was one bomb, but not a traditional yeah. creature bomb. Yeah, not yeah, not in the same way. Yeah. Um, I got into red green because I was also I was past the bomb. I was past second pick because I was conscripts, and I was like, what? And I looked through the rest of the pack, and I was like, how did somebody not pick this card? Uh, and there was like an uncommon gone, and I was like, it had to be like a path, or yeah, it had yeah, to be a path. Yeah. But it actually wasn't apparent. I was talking to the guy afterwards. It yeah. wasn't a path. He just didn't like it that much. 
Oh, oh yeah. wow! Just okay. didn't like Zealous Conscripts. And I was you like, know what? <laughs> you know what's insane is that was not the only Zealous Conscripts that was past pick one, pack one. Because, really? Because Jesus. uh, I'm not sure the guy's name, but the guy sitting next to Paddy also passed a Zealous Conscript. No, no, that that's the one. Oh, that was the guy. Yeah, oh. that's the one. Yeah, he passed it to me. Oh, sorry, I didn't realize yeah. he was uh he was beside you. Yeah, he passed it to me. Right, right. But uh, yeah, he took a signet over it. Is that what it was? What? A, oh my god! Yeah, which is. The, like I'm not, I'm not gonna like insult someone, but that's incorrect. Like, yeah, that is, <laughs> that's certainly wrong. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, like even Zealous Conscripts is it's four in a red. Like it's very easily splashable, and it's just completely like, like you just get your opponent with it. Yeah, it's the same as what I was saying about the Cyclonic Rift. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. You'll think you're fair in a racing situation, yeah. and you think maybe I'm slightly ahead, maybe I'm slightly behind, and then you just lose the game because yeah, the play yeah, is hard. Yeah, uh, and cards like that, especially in limited. Where you're, it, yeah. where you're very unlikely to have an answer, yeah. are are just broken and and like, you, it's it's tough to play around as yeah. well. Yeah. Like, like Zealous Conscripts, <laughs> yeah. like, it's no... like probably on average it's like six to seven power haste basically. Yeah, uh, and your guy can't block because I've stolen them. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and then plus whatever other creature I have on board. Yeah, and if you end up in like the the black red deck, you might be able to sacrifice the creature. Exactly. Yeah, you know, yeah stuff definitely. like that. So so yeah, that card is that card is insanely nice, powerful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh, overall, I went. One two um, on the day because I think I, I think there was probably wasn't enough creatures or I was taking like giant baitings which I probably think are probably better off in the populate version of the deck and I didn't really get any populate cards. Yeah, so giant baiting I think is like it was kind of okay the way you you were using it like it was forcing through damage. Yeah, yeah. Every time you I was basically it. using it as a burn spell. Like, yeah, that is what it is. I guess which was fine, but yeah, definitely in the populate decks. It's uh, it's better from yeah. from what I saw. It seems kind of hard to get a good populate deck together mm. uh, because I was like, playing a couple of populate cards with the with the, all the splicers to make yeah. golems, but it never really felt like I was getting the value for the mana I was paying with yeah. with the populate cards. Like you definitely don't want like to to get good value out of like giant baiting specifically. You probably want one of the less expensive populate cards, which would be like I guess giant or not giant bait. Um, Wake the Reflections, yeah. which is just a, probably just not a great card on its own. Yeah, I believe it's the only one of the. I think it's the only magic card that uh, its rules text is just a single word. Yeah, yeah. It just says populate. It's oh, definitely, well. That's it. Definitely one off, if not yeah, the other. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. it might be the only one. Probably. Yeah. I mean, it's also like I don't know, like uh, Stormcrow is flying. No, not like not like a creature with with not like a. Oh yeah, there's plenty of vanilla creatures. Yeah, but as a as a spell, yeah, like an instant sorcery that just says one word. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like, yeah, that's where you have to. But uh, but yeah, it's like like that card is just going to be dead in your hand so often. Yeah, uh, and it's it feels like you really have to go hard into this deck that the payoff isn't that great. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because there is a lot of bounce in this format as well. Like Mm. I played against people who were making. Uh, like tokens and po- and like doing a bit of populate stuff and then I would just yeah. bounce the token with the yeah. extra yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Way ahead. yeah I, I did see a lot of Call of the Conclaves going around but I, I ended up taking other cards over them um, maybe that was wrong maybe I should have gone more green white and less red but I had I was also going into um, had madcap skills which I was like okay this is probably good but um, it ended up not being very good every, basically every time I had I had two of them in my deck and every time I used one of them or I also had Unflinching Courage, which was one of my white splash cards, which is an enchantment. It's one green white for a creature gets plus two plus two, uh, trample and lifelink, which was really good when I used it. It gave me like a, a really nice damage boost or uh, damage boost and life back <clears throat> whenever I used it. But then the creature just got removed. I just got two for one every time. I just for some reason I just thought, okay, 
this is a bit different than normal sets. Like auras are probably going to be slightly better just because the auras mm -hmm. that are in the set are better. Yeah. But also the, the removal in the set is much better on average. So mm -hmm. the auras are still pretty bad unless they're amazing. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Unless they're winning you the game. Like yeah. I, I definitely felt like having three different auras in my deck was, was ended up being wrong. Yeah, yeah, I think it, I think maybe this probably gameplay thing. So would you? So I I I had one Macap skills uh, yeah. in my deck, and I was like, obviously I knew I I get myself set up for a two for one if I use it, and it got removed. So is there, is there obviously maybe it's just correct to um maybe go a turn or two and see if your opponent has removal there and then, and then if they don't, kind of once once you realize they don't, then slam it down. In terms of that, like I, I, like I I won a lot of games just by putting Macap skills on one of those Adraxis specters because mm. I kind of saw that. It's like it's 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 a turn three play turn three play that your opponent wants to remove like as soon as possible. Yeah. And if if a whole turn cycle goes and they don't remove it, then you can they, safely say they that, don't have to remove. Yeah. Then, then then you can like yeah slap down the mag skills and say mm -hmm. right now with the game's over in two turns. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. You you can do that though. Like if you're the type of deck that wants to put mag cap skills in your forty cards, then like you probably just want to end the game as fast as possible. So you're going to be priced mm. into just playing it as soon as mm -hmm. you can and, okay, and yeah. shortening the clock. That's your decide then, yeah. Because uh, yeah. like a like a plus two, like menace, especially on a flyer or whatever, is is gonna like significantly uh, give you a faster yeah. clock. Mm -hmm. uh, there's also like cards like that. Like there are a lot of tokens, and like if you put an aura on a token, you're not getting two for one anymore. Like yeah. if you play a lingering souls and then put a mad cap skills on the one one, mm -hmm. then. Mm -hmm. uh, then your opponent feel, starts to feel pretty bad about like trading yeah. a creature with a with mm -hmm. a one one token yeah. essentially you know yeah. or even a rem trading a removal spell exactly like yeah. terminate or something so I think they're they're slightly better if you can put it on something like that but yeah I, I generally just avoid avoid yeah. auras still yeah. on, on one of my Magic Online drafts I had two zero the enchanters and I went absolutely bananas with enchantments yeah that's a little bit different yeah. <laughs> yeah. so I had a, so I had a madcap skills I had an auras of uh, gift of Orzova. gift of Orzova. And uh, I was playing two of the green pacifism Arachnus web. Ar Arachnus web uh, without any without any green sources in my deck, <laughs> just because I had two. Yeah, yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, speaking of speaking of Arachnus web, that was um, I guess yeah, so I I ended up going to, uh, two one, and the the the, the match I lost against was against the guy who, who won the, the, the who won in the pod. Uh, yeah, so he had um, you know, I'm gonna butcher this because I don't know the name of all the cards. So so Arachnus web, web. yeah, mm -hmm. and he had um the five seven spider that lets you tap and uh, get it. Penumbra or something? Yeah. No, yeah. It's, I think it's Arachnus Spider. Arachnus oh, it's Arachnus Spider. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, so it was like... Penumbra Spider is the other one, the one yeah. that dies into a token. Oh, sorry, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it, it was just, he was just constantly just getting those out of his deck. Okay, um, yeah. And then and I'm playing them, and I was like, there's... It felt as felt like there was no way I could win this. Yeah. And uh, he was like, yeah, it's a pretty unbeatable combo. And uh, yeah, I think he was been like 2-0 in every game he played, because he had like multiple, like you know, that aura multiple times, mm -hmm. and... Uh, this uh, five seven mm -hmm. spider, which yeah, five seven is a pretty good body as well. Is that that spider is a rare? No, it's an uncommon. I think, I think it's uncommon. I think, I think it originally was a rare. Yeah, maybe it should, yeah. And the, yeah. the arachnus web is a common, I think, isn't it? Me, I don't know. Don't know yeah. about that. One. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think the the takeaway was like I was fairly routinely able to get people down to like eight to five, mm. but then. If I couldn't kill them by like turn four, turn five, they were just getting their ridiculously powerful spells online, and mm -hmm. like obviously the power level is much higher in this set. So yeah, yeah. yeah when when people start playing their ridiculous spells, like the the beat down deck just can't do anything about it. Yeah, you gotta be time. pretty fast. Yeah, if you want to play beat down, which I feel like you like is possible but there's it's also slightly awkward like if you're playing burning tree emissary yeah like that's so often you just play that and it's just a 2-2 yeah it's difficult to cast yeah and yeah. it doesn't do you 
any good yeah. with the, the mana. Yeah, no, Burn Dream is not great. I had like I had two Mog Flunkies in my deck. That's also not what you want to do when you're trying to beat down. No, it's like sometimes it was like I was able to swing for seven on turn three because I had like a giant baiting. Yeah, and I could attack with the Mog Flunkies and whatever. But like it doesn't even get to attack the next turn. I was I was just no, I was completely like, trapped by it. It's not like you know uh, like a heart of <laughs> Yeah, definitely not the same thing. No. Yeah. You sometimes it. it can be. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, like it's good with one drops, obviously, because yeah. it's, it's a goblin card, right? That's the, the yeah. whole thing about yeah. it. But uh, there's, I don't think there's that many good one drops, to be there's honest. In Kraken Hatchling, yeah, yeah. Actually, as I said at the end, I, it's a half defender. No, actually, does, it no, doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. at the end, yeah, at the end of a lot, I felt like at the bottom of all the packs, uh, each time was like Kraken Hatchlings and Madcap Skills were like together in like you know someone passed you two cards and it's those two, and I was like, I I feel like. I can see how this could work, but I'm <laughs> yeah. fairly certain it's a trap. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like you're going to invest two cards, two bad, two medi- one bad card, one mediocre card uh, for potential. I don't know, three, four with menace in turn two. Yeah, which coming back, that's fine, but not good. Like you <laughs> said, for all yeah. the reasons why we discussed the two cards. So, um, yeah. yeah, so I feel like you know one one takeaway from any uh, limited format is uh, typically the cards you get past at the end, they're not good. Yeah, even if you think they are. Yeah. Although I mean, it's, when it's people's first draft in the format, I think people just might have no idea what's good and what's not. Like I was getting past uh, Trilands with like three cards left in the pack, yeah, that's which, not which so should well, just never yeah. happen because yeah. someone like it's yeah. not possible that someone isn't in one or two of those colors and yeah. can just play it as a dual yeah. land or yeah. as a yeah. splash. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually just I don't think it's actually statistically possible no, for that not. to happen. Yeah, and definitely. It, yeah. it to wheel and get another halfway around the table. Yeah, no So so. Formats like this, where people are only going to do a couple of drafts and not be that <clears> familiar <throat> with the format, I think it's. I think you will actually get like way, cards going way later than they should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People just don't realize. Like, yeah, and like, like, cause, uh, like, I think red blue aggro is definitely actually a thing because there's all the blue soul bond creatures. Yeah. Like, there's the one yeah, one thing that gives two creatures flying and stuff yeah, like that, yeah. and you can actually make a, a reasonably thing, yeah. fast like red beatdown deck with that. Mm-hmm. But uh, but obviously that's on the. There's only one deck that really goes in, um, yeah. but those cards were going super late as well, and it is a one-one for one, but good with the Mog Flunkies. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> the the other the other thing um, is that in this format, I think that cards can go later than they usually would because it's just not they're going past people who are not in that archetype. Yeah. Oh yeah. So oh. even though it's an individually powerful card, yeah. It, well, no, sorry, that's not the, that's the wrong way to talk about it. it. It's it's a card that's very powerful in an archetype. Yeah. But. It goes past two people or three people who it would be like a D for them and their deck would be terrible because yeah, like yeah. replacement level. And then it gets to the person who's like, oh my God, this yeah, is amazing it, in my deck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so people are going uh, you know, much more deeper in archetypes than they would in, um, you know, let's say like a, a, a Kaladesh or a, yeah. a, um, yeah, or a Shadows uh, yeah. format. And I also think that in this in these type of formats, people stake their claim on an archetype very early as well. Oh yeah. They just go, I'm going for this. Like yes. you said, you're cutting blue-white. Yeah. Real hard. Yeah. In the first pack. Yeah. Yeah. And like my first pick was scavenging use and my second pick was Zealous Conscripts and I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, here this we go. Me from now yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's yeah. easy like especially because like Cyclonic Rift is just I might end up splashing it, but there's a zero there, it's that's going to my deck hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, I will yeah. I will work as hard as I have to to splash. <laughs> yeah. Card. Yeah. Um and yeah, and just when you're when you're not seeing like I was I was definitely seeing that the, that blue eye was open. Um and I just I just thought like yeah when you when you're when you're going into that archetype there's a, you're passing really good cards just because yeah. you're, you're taking you, as you said you're taking worse cards but they're better for you yeah and uh, I feel like that that is definitely like a key to the format like yeah. 
unless you want to just be greedy and, and go for uh, go for all the mana fixing and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And I still took signets quite highly. Like I took, uh, I took like you know like a like a one one of my colors signet or whatever or whatever. I would take that over a playable still yeah. just yeah. because signets are pretty insane. Yeah, exactly. But but that's kind of the only not part of the plan card <laughs> that I would consider taking over something in the archetype. Yeah, like I think people will will play their first and second picks. In this mm. format a lot more often than you will in a normal format if you're drafting yeah. it right like yeah because it's much much easier to splash as well yeah so exactly. yeah, just yeah. for that reason you're way more like open. especially you like even if i opened up that zealous conscripts i would splash that in any deck yeah yeah pretty much, like yeah. pretty much <laughs> like like it's a yeah, great card much, in, yeah. in any way or in any type of deck okay well that that kind of um that kind of turned into a turn report of uh yeah yeah exactly <laughs> but what about the um what about the impact of, of Modern Masters? Um, I know we've already talked about that a little bit, but even now we're we're still certain or we're still seeing the cards coming down in price. Mm. Like um, last week, I know Snapcaster was was uh, hovering around forty euro, mm. and now he's like thirty two, something like that. So oh, like okay. cards are still dropping. Yeah, I think they'll continue to drop, especially because from what it looks like this has been like a big print run, and yeah. and shops I think seem to be able to get restocks in and stuff mm-hmm. like that pretty easily. Uh, I think for the previous Modern Masters sets, it's been between three and six months after releases when cards kind of hit their lowest and then they started mm-hmm. going up again. Yeah. So that might be like I'm not I'm not really like a like an MTG finance dude or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But that's probably a good tip if you like if you don't need these cards now, you could probably still wait wait two months. And Definitely. They'll, yeah. they'll probably have dropped you know another fifteen or twenty percent. Yeah. Say. Yeah. So. And um, or yeah, the the overall kind of value of a box. Um, is also dropping. Yeah. So, I think people looking to to buy a box, maybe, oh, yeah. if unless you're planning on drafting that box, that's it, it may not be great to just open it because like the set looked so packed with value, but then when you think about it, on average, it ends up being about the same as any kind of master set. Pretty much, yeah. Like it's definitely better. I think if you want to buy a box and you don't want to draft it, like you should be buying it and like not opening it for a couple of years yeah yeah but uh, that to me just that kind of speculation i i'm not interested yeah. in myself yeah yeah and i think it's like i mean if you're going to do that you might have well, you kind of you have to do it on a large scale you have to buy like yeah 20 yeah. boxes yeah. Or, or more like to, and to be getting anything from that if you're doing that and you have like the money open to do that you should probably just be like getting in touch with someone about getting into stocks yeah 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 there's better ways to do or something you know yeah yeah because I mean, it wasn't wasn't our masters, or maybe it was something else. Was like a, they did they did like another print run a few yeah. months after it. Yeah. So like you could be going for a plan like that, and then all of a sudden, oh yeah, it looks like we're going to do another print run. Yeah, yeah, I know. So like I watched the, I read some posts and watched a couple of videos, and there were speculators that felt quite betrayed by that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like Wizards doesn't owe you anything yeah, as a speculator. No, you know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. like. They're, they're, yeah, it's like, like people who are who want to try this. Like you are taking a risk, definitely. And yeah, it's like it's huge variance, and like Eternal Masters, like like even like the prices ended up dropping quite like quite a bit, and like yeah. partially due to that restock, but but also because of the set just it turned out like it, it's yeah. it was pretty polarized the value and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and like when you're talking about legacy cards, the demand is is much lower than for modern yeah, staples exactly. and stuff like that. So I don't know. Yeah, just uh, I I don't know. I think I th- I think it's too high risk to yeah, to do stuff like just buy yeah. boxes yeah. And, and hoard them. But yeah. I think but I but think if people yeah. are buying boxes for fun just to to crack packs. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, it I seems mean, like this says as good as any other. Yeah. Although I did see some horror horror stories on on Reddit, like where like it's like one fetch in the box, and the rest is literally terrible. Like yeah. like if like if, your if, box was yeah, our box that we drafted. If someone bought that just to open, they'd be really sad. God. Yeah, yeah there was probably, worst. like it's, there couldn't have been much more than a hundred euro worth of value in that. Definitely so. not. No, oh god. And like there was there was one path, one Inquisition. Yeah, one path, one inquisition. There was a was it was it a foil goblin guide or a normal goblin guide? I, I think thought, it was a normal goblin guide. Uh, I thought someone said it was a foil. Yeah, so a normal goblin normal guide. Normal goblin guide. Yeah, misty rainforest. That's not good. Yeah. Seance, the worst of the worst. <laughs> I that, I put that in my deck. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. People people question me, but uh, it, it won me. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, like I th- I think that was a particularly unlucky box, but that is just going to happen sometimes and. Yeah, if you're opening if you're opening boxes just to crack packs, I think that's never a particularly good idea anyway. But if you're gonna yeah. do it, you're gonna do it. Like if yeah. like if that's just it's just not a very sensible thing to do. So yeah, yeah. how much can you really care about the value? Of that yeah, area? yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, when I started playing Magic, I was doing that, and um, I did it three, three times, and yeah. I regretted it every single time. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah. yeah, I did it for yeah, um, I did it for Bob Zenker, Oath Gatewatch, and uh, Shadows in the Strad. Although um, in in Oath the Gatewatch, I bought a box that. Uh, had seven mythics in it, I think it was. Oh it was the best box I've ever owned, and they were oh all good God. ones as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't remember specifically what they were, but like they were, I got the planeswalkers and the other, you know, the other good mythics as well. I had a foil yeah. mythic as well. But foil mythic was the what's that guy called? It's a two box black for a six six flyer. Exiles your oh, library. Inverter truth. Inverter truth. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's, I, yeah. That's so good actually. I, I, well, it's no, it's not, I, no, sorry, the joke. No, it's ter- it's a terrible card. Yes, but it's so good to try it. Yes, uh, mm-hmm. I was playing. It's a my, cool card. It's a cool card. Yeah, I was I, I was jamming it in my sideboard for Pete Rog Jund in Frontier. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get to play it, but there was one point where I had. I think there was one point where my opponent had a a, a J Samuel made. Yeah. Um, and like my library's being milled, and he was like, "The game is over," and I had this inverted truth in my hand. <laughs> I was like, "You think it is, but it's not." But it turned out he was talking about life totals because he had beat the next oh, turn. Right. That was oh. it. I would be sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would be sweet. Okay, um, cool. So uh, let's move on to our next uh, item of discussion. The uh, the ban list announcement was last Monday, and it was no changes any format. Yeah. Yes. So, so probably one of the more surprising ones. I I found it surprising. Like afterwards, it seemed like people were just saying, "Yeah, of course they didn't ban anything." Yeah. But. I don't think that was really the feeling beforehand. I think people, definitely, like, no, when, yeah. when, you know, it's easy when you know the answer, and it's easy for people to mm-hmm. go, "Yeah, that makes sense." Of course, yeah. they weren't, weren't going to ban twenty twenty. I think it could have gone either way. I think it would have been fine to ban things, and I think, considering the next set is out in six weeks or something like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there's going to be another update then, and even if the format isn't at its best, it's it's like a two deck format, essentially, but. Six weeks, six more weeks of that isn't the, the end of the world. No, no. Okay, I mean, so. it, it's going to be fine. But um, what, like, what do you think? What do you guys think for the next? Is there going to be bans next? Next update? Well, it's it's impossible to know, I guess, without knowing more about what's in Amoncat. Um Yeah, I suppose that's true. Yeah. But like, they'd have to be pretty strong answers. They would have to be pretty strong answers. Like I've like. Something I was thinking about recently was like they could just jam Pithing Needle into Amonkhet, mm-hmm. and that's not like an amazing answer, but like it's a good catch-all. Like it's good against vehicles. Yeah, because you name the card. Yeah. Yeah, and it's good against Sahili combo as well. Like it's obviously yeah. very good against Sahili combo. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it's still quite a narrow answer. Yeah. And like it does kind of go against the Wizards philosophy from the last couple of years of just not printing hate cards because Pithing Needle yeah. is just strictly a hate card. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't do anything except stop your opponent no, doing something. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so like that, like that's an answer that I could see, or or like a card like that, like a I don't know. They're not going to reprint Meddling Mage, but but like there could be something in the set that that uh, takes the edge off these yeah. these mm -hmm. top decks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. I feel I'm predicting I'm predicting the cycle of of reprints. Um, all right, so here's what happened in the plot. Great, Gideon's gonna die, right? Okay. When he dies, Ark is like him being crushed by a giant hoof. Okay. That's gonna be Hero's downfall. Okay. And black. Yeah. All right. Got it. Then he's dead. Everybody's really, really sad. They're having a funeral. It's rest in peace. All right. <laughs> but now, now, but right before Gideon dies, he like uh, his last words are like some kind of vague instructions to the rest of the Gatewatch. You can't really hear what it is. It's some kind of some kind of order, some kind of a a cryptic command to the rest of the guys. <laughs> So I'm okay. We, what we do know though is that there are gods. Yeah. And then when the gods find out about Gideon dying, you know, their reaction, they react with anger. Oh my god. Anger at the gods, alright? Yeah. So that there we go. That's gonna be our, our five card cycle. All the cards, yeah. yeah. That sounds yeah. sweet. Yeah. That would be good. Wait, right. you didn't you didn't name a uh, you didn't name a green card. Oh yeah, green is a is a sea trino is a thing killing them. That's gonna be <laughs> that's gonna be color shifted to four green. Be, I thought it was gonna be crater hunting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah, we already got that. Yeah. Oh yeah, true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's uh, I don't know. I I think it's okay for the format to just be like it is for a while longer. Yeah, yeah. even if temporary, it's, if it's not too exciting. Yeah, and uh, yeah, like if because like. If there's no hate cards and these decks are still the best and they basically just get to add whatever the new best card is for the deck from Amonkhet. Yeah. Uh, this is this is like That's a very want, yeah. this is a very tough couple of archetypes for for a new deck from from like a new block to just come in and and storm the meta <clears> and, and become you know a real option. Storm. What? Storm. Yeah. <laughs> storm crow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I feel it's like I feel like if that happens and like you know. They're just like vehicles is just getting a, like a new removal spell or something like that, and the yeah, yeah. combo is just getting a new draw spell or something yeah. like that, and uh, like that's not going to be good because it's it's actually going to be very stale. I just had a thought. What if there's like colorless hate? I know that we already have ceremony ceremonious rejection, but mm. what if there's oh. extra colorless hate because Greg or um, uh, Nicole Ballas he hates Ukin. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. I literally hate Ugin. Like it's kind of like yeah, I feel like the the Ugin and Cobalt is kind of their their relationship is kind of based around like colorless stuff in terms of like you know Ugin's minus Ugin's Spirit Dragon's minus is like kill everything except for things that have that are colorless. Yeah. So it might be yeah, it might make sense if Nicole is like I don't know, kill only colorless things, or your opponent got you take all colorless cards out of your opponent's deck, including <laughs> <laughs> lands. You just take all their lands out of their deck. <laughs> yeah, I mean that would probably be pretty good for them if you're doing it on turn six. Oh right? uh, yeah, that, that could be uh, that's that's true. that could be the ultimate. That could be Nicole Bolas's ultimate that you can only get if you play Dark Intimations or you're on in the game. <laughs> yeah, could yeah. Be. I have my place out of Dark Intimations now. Yeah, so do I actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I need to go. Yeah, I, I, I bought those out uh, like. Back when they were spoiled, I was like, yeah. you know, this might work. It won't work now, yeah. but in the future, it's going to skyrocket. Yeah. I have high hopes. High hopes for that guy, little yeah. mini cryptic command. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's pretty cool. Or, like, no, like, no um, mini cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's the ban list. I mean, there's not a whole lot to be said. I mean, yeah, like you said, we can hindsight's twenty twenty. We can say, oh, it's obvious that they were going to yeah. make no changes. I mean, it does look bad if they, if they make, it, yeah. if they do bans twice in a row and then. I know that Aaron Foresight Foresight on Twitter said like the the point is not the point is to give us more granularity for yeah. for options for changes, not to ban twice as much. Yeah. Which obviously totally makes sense, but in this situation probably bans were needed. 
I mean, at least Family I, Guy Guardian. I definitely agree. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah. It did, yeah. So like. Like I think maybe like maybe you could say bands were needed, but like they couldn't have just banned Felidar Guardian because I think then it would essentially like what what deck is going to different two different decks yeah like what, well, one the, one the same and the other one would be Black Rain yeah so yeah so that'd be it and then like Marty well, I mean Black Rain would be able to play cards like Ishkana again yeah oh that's true that that which might yeah. create another thing yeah because Ishkana yeah, yeah, to yeah, that like yeah, that yeah. that could go up and then there's something else could happen in response to that. I don't know, like, it, it would have changed things, dip, like, just Felder Guardian would have changed things, but, like, if you get into the, like, what I was suggesting the week before, of, like, banning three cards, mm. that ends up changing the format completely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't think that they want to do that because people just lose confidence way too yeah. much. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't think there's too much more that we can say about that that hasn't already been said. I mean... It's been yeah. it's been discussed to death at this point. Like so those, it's yeah. only a week on from yeah. the from the change, but yeah, yeah. I suppose out of the three of us, I was the most right in terms of yeah, because I only said yeah, one ban, which is closer to zero than <laughs> three than three. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, okay, so we shall we move on to our um, Amonkhet spoiler? Yeah, yes. this is this is uh, this is pretty exciting. This is so I don't know. I'm not sure if there's an official translation because we only have a foreign. Was it a Spanish version of the card or a Portuguese? Or something? Uh, Portuguese. Portuguese version of the card. So it's a, uh, it's it's so dusk and dawn are kind of what people are thinking that the the card is going to be called in English, but it's I believe a what is it a is it a five mana wrath or a four mana wrath um, on, on the front side or on the I'll just get it up side. here. So it is a yeah four mana wrath. So it's two white white. And it's a sorcery. Uh, it says destroy all creatures with power equal or greater than three. Yeah, so that's the, the front half. I yes, and then there's another half, so it's kind of a split card, but it's not a split card. Um, and the other part is Dawn, and it's three white white, also a sorcery, and it has um, a mechanic that people are calling Consequence, because the Portuguese word is Consequencias. Mm. But I don't think it's going to be that. I think it's going to be like... It's gonna be something different than that. Yeah, if but it's basically that's a terrible name. That's a pretty bad name, definitely. Yeah. Name, so yeah, I think it's gonna be like aftershock or something like that. After yeah. effects, okay. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but basically, you can only cast it from your graveyard. Yeah. So it's kind of like it's like flashback, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it says return all uh, creature cards with power equal or less than two from your graveyard to your hand yeah. for five mana. Yeah. So for for those of you at home in listener hand, and it's uh, white. David Wolf, as he was reading that out, he turned his phone sideways because uh, to read the second half because the second part of the card is, is shifted sideways. Yes, it's interesting. So I think the design space is really cool, and yeah. it's like for split cards, it's amazing that they can keep coming up with stuff that mm. uh, that feels kind of new and exciting. Yeah, uh, because you because you would think it's it's they're all going to be the same. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure how great this card is or how interesting it is particularly, mm-hmm. but I feel like the mechanic. It, like could be incredible. Mm-hmm. It could be really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this card oh, definitely seems like constructed playable. Like, yeah. Th- this like, card, by the way, is a rare. Yeah. Okay. Just, yeah. Just yeah. to give people an idea. Um, I'm sure most people have seen the card by now. But basically, yeah, the, it's it's basically a split card. But half of it is the normal, normal orientation of a magic card in like uh, portrait mode, and then the other half is you have to turn the card landscape. But the card is a portrait, like like the way split cards are. But half of it is normal and half of it is not. Mm. Yeah, and it looks, in my opinion, it looks terrible. I don't think it looks good aesthetically. Yeah, yeah. I I liked it at first because I think the idea behind it is that when you're playing your your graveyard is is to the right of it, so your your cards are in your graveyard, that's so you can read it to the side. And I was like thinking that's great because you know everybody plays their plays magic with the graveyard to the right, even if you're left-handed. 
But they don't. They don't. No. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's, we were actually talking about this as well when we were doing yeah. it, and I was like, I was saying that I'm right-handed, but I put my library and my graveyard on the left, yeah. and I lay my cards out uh, in a vertical column in the, in, the, in the graveyard because I need my right hand to write my life totals. Yeah. So that's the way I play, but yeah. like, that's not, that, everybody's different. Yeah, and I'm, I'm left-handed, and I also have my graveyard on the left. So, But like, I'm not sure what way they could have really designed this. Could they not have just done it like a normal split card, like the, the same way? Or does that mean something? Does it mean something really? I don't think it means something, but like it kind of the des- like aesthetically that design implies that you can just cast either one. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean? you're right, Jack. Whereas you can't cast half of this except if it's in your graveyard. Yeah, like this, it sort of is the normal mode and the yeah. Oh, and, and people were speculating that this could be um, you could have two different types on the same card. So like half oh, of it yeah. could be an instant and the other half so could be a sorcery. Be. Yeah, yeah. For example. Mm. Um or even other creatures like it could be a creature, creature one part or an enchantment yeah. or something. Oh, and, I, yeah, and the yeah. other part would be a sorcery yeah. or an instant. Yeah, you get it. I, I think the part where ha- where it's a sorcery or an instant or sorry, the part where you cast it your graveyard pretty much has to be a sorcery or an instant because you exile it afterwards. So yeah. it can't be another it can't be a permanent. How would that work with torrential gear look, do you reckon? Hmm. If it was in your graveyard and half of it was an instant. I think it's, could you cast that spell? I think so. Yeah, I, I, I think. Yeah, but I think you're casting it. Uh, it's phrased that well. We, we can't really talk about the actual phrasing because it's Portuguese. We yeah, know, word yeah. word. But I think it's it's yeah. If, you, if you're going to cast it, I can pretty much translate it. Oh yeah, Portuguese. yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I think yeah, if you, it's if 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 the phrasing is cast it from your graveyard. Or, yeah. yeah. Then that's something I don't know. Yeah, Gear probably could do. Yeah, but I'm saying if it was a sorcery. Well, one half and then uh, yeah, it, uh, like if the graveyard half was a sorcery and the front half was an instant, could you yeah. target it with Gearhulk and play the sorcery half? See, I I think I did have an answer to this, but now I don't know anymore because you can, <laughs> you can be, because you can play breaking break and entering from uh, Carrie's Elves expertise, which feels sure, like it makes very little sense. Yeah, no, I, that's I, not to do with the card type though. Yeah, yeah. that's to do with converted mana cost. Yeah, yeah, but well, I think you could. Yeah, I mean, we For, obviously because each card has a type. Yeah. Both of these are sorceries. It says okay. sorcery twice yeah. on the card. One okay. on the one on the top half and one on the bottom half. Yeah. So if so you're I targeting the card, you can cast either side of the spell probably. Obviously we won't know until there will yeah, just yeah. be a, there will just be a ruling and a, yeah, and a gather course. ruling yeah. on this. And like who knows if this is even real. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean it, it looks pretty real. That'd be amazing. Real. <laughs> yeah. But generally I feel like whenever it's a picture of like a lip, like an actual physical card. Yeah. Uh, and not a digital image. Yeah, yeah then that's usually a, you're you're already priced into it yeah, being quite yeah. likely. And th- this person said that they got it from a from a pack of Modern Masters three, like that it was just in there, uh, you know, instead of the foil or something like that. Which is great. Which I wonder if that's just a uh, like a, a cock up or if that's like a cool sort of girl marketing campaign. Golden ticket. Yeah, yeah, like I I can't. T- they've done this a few or they've done this. This has happened a few times yeah. over the last year. Like I don't know if you remember during. Origins, or it was actually, I think it was Dragons. Uh, yeah. Somebody found uh, a BFZ evolving wilds oh. in, in a car park. <laughs> in a car so, park. In, a, in the car park of of an, L, of an LGS. Like, wow. Okay. And they just found this like this beat to shit evolving wilds on the ground, and they were like, "What is this? I don't know this set symbol." Or no, the set we we actually we, we knew it, at that we point knew, probably, we yeah. knew at that point yeah. what the set symbol was. Wow, so they okay. were just like, "Yeah, this That's is really from strange." Jesus. Yeah. God. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, was there, uh, it, yeah, it seems totally plausible that they do this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of a good way to get out early and say, well, will people like this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I suppose it's too late to change it now. So yeah, on the other side, that doesn't make much sense. 
Yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I it's probably more likely that it is just a mistake, but uh, it's it's interesting to speculate about. It would be a yeah. cool, uh, yeah. a cool little marketing campaign. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's not much else to say about that that yeah, card other than that. I mean, it's yeah. it's all speculation at this point. So yeah, we can't say. I mean, to me, this probably seems like. Uh, seems that's a rare. Uh, I don't know. I was gonna say that it seems like something that they would use quite sparingly, kind of like mm. um, meld. There's only mm. there's only six cards. Well, yeah, three pairs yeah. of cards with meld. But at the same time, this is kind of an extension of something that they've done before, which might seem like they might make it a major theme. I feel like this could be a major theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah it could yeah. be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm just interested. To, I would I would like to see a lot of cards with this, just because I think it is just cool design space. Yeah, like to see it it. I mean, the same way that people say like everything is just a variation of kicker. Mm. I mean, this is just a variation of of um, modal cards. Yeah. yeah, essentially. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's what split cards are also a, model, yeah. a, a, a variation of model cards. Well, this is this is slightly more interesting because you can do stuff like you could like self mill yourself to be able to yeah. essentially draw the card and play. Yeah, you know, that's like, true. Like yeah, a dredge yeah. Type yeah. Like, um, yeah. Yeah. Like 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 yeah. like some uh, unearth card unearth cards from modern masters where like had a really high really high um, CMC but a low unearth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or like so the Sadraxa like, Spectre that you're talking yeah. about, where yeah. the unearth cost is just one on a black. Yeah. As yeah. opposed to full Grixis. Yeah, so yeah, you could play it in blue black mill, yeah. mill yourself and get it yeah. that way. But. Yeah. But uh the I I think that this might indicate that there's some kind of graveyard theme in Amonkhet. Yeah. I mean yeah, I mean it is a it is a definitely a graveyards matters card. Yeah. I, f- I find it interesting if if that is a major theme actually just because there have been so many graveyard interactive cards in the mm-hmm. last couple of sets from Shadows onwards. And I'm not sure how far in advance this would have been designed, but people, mm-hmm. uh, at least since Emrakul was printed, people are not too happy with uh, with how prevalent graveyard interactions are in standard yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and well, it also means that if there is a graveyard theme in Amonkhet, there's not going to be any graveyard hate in Amonkhet. Well, uh, hold on. <laughs> Let me think about this for a second. Um, so th- this, not only does it have one half of it that it can can only be cast from the graveyard. Yeah. But that half of it also deals with bringing things back from the graveyard. Yeah. Oh yeah. And this is in white as well, which only only reanimates small things. So there could be reanimating other colors as well, where there's more typically like like yeah. black and green that more typically have reanimate things could also have, and you could also have um, you know blue cards that can only be cast from the graveyard. Mm. And I know that on uh, on his blog a few days ago, uh, Mark Rosewater was asked about. Um, graveyard hate and why 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 are you doing this with, without you know not printing yeah. not printing answers and stuff and he said that there's a method to our madness and people were open arms over over this uh, comment because um, I, I think it wasn't just about graveyard hate it was also about like artifact hate and stuff like that and narrow answers, yeah, yeah and people just thought it was sort of flippant basically and, uh, yeah and like the, the evidence has not really been there in the last couple yeah. of years yeah. that there is years, that, yeah. that they do think about this stuff yeah uh, but but yeah, like I like I just say that because generally they don't print a mechanic and also the answer to that mechanic in the same set. That's yeah. just philosophically not something they do design wise. Yeah. So anymore. Anymore. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they yeah. used to. Yeah. So they they could be going back to that because I think that they have kind of stated that this idea of uh, not making powerful answers and instead making diverse mm. powerful threats that that forced you to make deck building decisions ended up being bad. Yeah. Or, sorry, diverse answers that make you make deck building decisions is bad, or hasn't worked out the way that they wanted it to. So they might be going back to powerful answers for a while. 
I would really like that. Yeah, I, I think it would be, be best if they did that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, let's hope. So, yeah, Harbinger of things to come. Um, let's just go quickly to our PPTQ report from Alan. Yes. So you, you attended PPTQ, we did not. Yes, uh, so it, it was. Go. Yeah, uh, it was in uh, Reroll Games in Navin. Uh, it was a uh, yeah. So I, I have some yeah detailed notes here, which I won't go into in detail. Uh, so very, very. So I was playing. <laughs> no, you, uh, you can yeah. you can give us a few details. Uh, yeah, I, I, was, I was playing Blue Red Emerge, and um, as usual, so I had uh, done some testing the day before. I stayed in on Paddy's day for the test, and uh, I think so. Some, some ideas I bounced off use was to put insulin neonate yeah. uh, into the main, which I saw some decks soon. Uh, I saw that immediately it was really really bad because so many times you're just playing tap land on turn one mm-hmm. um, so you never really want to get a new nade out on, on turn one so mm-hmm. that was bad one thing that did work pretty well in testing not in real life but in testing uh, having a fellow very familiar in the sideboard worked against Mardu but then it turned out when I actually played a real game against Mardu uh, fellow very familiar did nothing mm-hmm. um, so as I was saying very quickly uh, so I have round one was against a uh, uh, black red zombies that was a pretty interesting matchup because mm-hmm. um someone so, mirror match kind yeah of. exactly mm-hmm. then like i so i usually feel myself using um using fever visions which i really didn't want to play against this because they can discard their hands up quickly yeah uh, so yeah it was really really a mirror match and i kind of felt like I, I had to be a few steps ahead because i knew what kind of stuff he wanted to do and i'd kind of planned that once he got his engine going like i suppose on on, on a surface any kind of mirror match like, so either black red zombies versus this or the blue red emerge mirror match is going to be based on who gets their engine going the fastest. I feel like the black red deck is probably faster than the blue red deck yeah, as well. Yeah. So you are playing the part of the control deck. I, yeah, that's I it. Yeah, so so you're you're kind of yeah you're trying to you're you're trying to prevent them from getting that getting that. Whereas they can't really prevent you from doing it. You know, mm. uh, Cosmic's return is probably quite good. Yeah, in that matchup. Yeah, yeah, yeah because they got um, their their turn one play is usually crit breaker. I'm yeah, making, I'm making two and making two twos. That makes two twos. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, and haunted dead plus its other part is the two yeah, two or the exactly. two two plus one one. So yeah, yeah. So then I think so. Um, yes, yeah. So in game one, I actually because visions is my main game one, I use visions to 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 yeah, lock them down. I was able to uh, tap down his lands every every upkeep, um, and that was then he's losing life to being hit by a five six, and also uh, losing life to visions. Uh, so in game two, he lost legacy and hit LD fiend, which like really you know really really took a lot of steam out of me, and mm-hmm. I, I I always felt like. So such a narrow answer like Lost Legacy doesn't really do much um, in terms of card advantage or in terms of you know getting tempo or anything. But mm-hmm. the fact that now he had a, he, now his engine was so much stronger than mine because I didn't have my emerge guys, mm-hmm. and then he was able to run me over. Uh, then in game three, I just had like another draw. Uh, I had a lightning axe, two magnums, and a citrine scab. Mm-hmm. Um, then I was like, this is really really good. I really hope he plays something to turn one. Mm-hmm. Then turn one he played a breaker and I was like yeah I was able to lock him down from turn three. Like, LD okay, yeah. on turn three is pretty pretty devastating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's one thing about Lost Legacy. I don't know if he kept it in for game three, but it's it looks much much worse on the draw. On the draw definitely. Oh yeah. really? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, so then game two was against uh, Blue White Tower. So I, I I didn't really see this deck uh, take off. Um, I was able I, I was able to bring back a Malcolm's on um, in, in in game one. I was able I had a chance to play around. So I I knew he had this low in his hand. Uh, he tapped out to, to play a tower on turn three. So then I, so I brought back a citrine scab. I, I, I yeah, I brought back a citrine scab, discarding prize magnums uh, at the end of my end step. Mm-hmm. So at, at my end step, um, so the magnums come back on his end step. Mm-hmm. So he, so on one, on one point, I did it because he couldn't get this out because he's tapped out, and also because the magnums came in on his end step, 
uh, he couldn't use sorcery speed rule like decoration of the sun or something mm -hmm. to, to take him out. Uh, so I was pretty happy with that and that, and that worked pretty well. Um, he eventually disallowed, so yeah, he disallowed, there's two amalgams coming back at the end of his turn, so he disallowed one of those amalgams, which really did nothing because not only is he just making, he's just preventing one tree tree from coming in, mm -hmm, yeah. but the amalgams will trigger themselves. So then at the end of my end step, at the start of my end step, the other one will come in. Yeah, so even if it had worked out the way he wanted it to, he's still down a card. Yeah, that yeah. too then, yeah. But yeah. as it turns out, it, 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 he's, it actually does nothing because yeah. he will, well, slows down the clock a little bit, but you will it's still like, get that, that yeah. amalgam back next yeah. turn. Yeah, so, so in, in, in yeah, it's like game three life, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and, and about both games, it's a matter of I didn't want to do anything while he had disallowed mana up, but because he had to tap out to play uh, a tower, um, that was enough for you just, just, just to get going. Um, I don't, I don't understand how this deck can ever deal twenty points of damage though. Blue white, blue white tower. Um, I mean, you hit them with a gear hole, yeah. but, but. If you but like the Dynavolt Tower just seems like it would be so inconsistent yeah. in that deck. Why would you not just have real removal spells instead of the tower? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because if you're not playing red, how are you, how are you ever going to generate enough damage to actually kill someone? Yeah. with the towers. Yeah. Yeah. If, if that's one of your plans, I don't yeah. understand. Yeah, I, I I couldn't tell you because I didn't see any of his spells apart from right, apart right. from <laughs> towers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so then round three was against McKaylee. This was against um, uh, Barty Beagles, and this was my chance to show off my. A sweet tech of filigree familiar. So, so I I I've, I've written down uh, the curve you got in, in game one. He played two cards at exemplar into Hardikiran into Scrappy Scrounger. Uh, my life total goes from twenty then to seventeen then to ten, and then that's it. Next so turn. it was it was, <laughs> yeah. so, so that's that's familiar. That's, that's yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah. That, that's yeah. how it goes. So yeah. So then in in game two, I brought in you know these familiar familiars. Uh, because and like like before, I was being beat down so early, so so, so quickly, so early on. Uh, I didn't get a chance to tap out to play them, but I actually played Cosmic Return twice and got two two for ones with them. Mm -hmm. I killed a I killed a, I, I killed a Thavia and a um, Draven Inspector and a Tokar Exemplar and a Draven Inspector. Mm -hmm. So usually, if you're getting two two for ones, mm -hmm. you usually feel like you're pretty far ahead. It's not a real two for still, one. Yeah, it's right. yeah, that's it. They were they, counted in a two for one. Yeah, they 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 yeah. themselves. Yeah, yeah, so it was pretty crazy how. Like yeah, two cosmic turns wasn't wasn't enough to stabilize. Yeah. Um, I think the last turn I was like being faced with lethal. Um, so he had a absent and a uh, and a walking ballista out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, represented lethal. I was like, aha, here we go. I got six mana. Uh, I wish I could emerge, but instead I'm just gonna play out the two filigree familiars in my hand, <laughs> gain four life. Uh, so I went from I went from a, a six up to ten from that. But then he was able to he he just took the, the counters off his walking ballista. To do two damage to me, flip Abson, did two yeah, damage to me, five the board, and then hit me. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was that was into that. Yep. Uh, so my notes for round four was against um, four quarters of Healy. Yeah, I've written down I went from twenty down to nineteen, and then I just wrote the words tapped out on turn four, lost. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I, I feel like I, I played this matchup so many times, and I never once uh, tapped out. Well, when they when they had Sahili out on turn three, I never tapped out. Uh, but I think in this case, my hand was like two amalgams, uh, citrine scab, uh, and pri and a, and a LD fiend. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, so my reasoning was, all right, if I just play on citrine scab, mm -hmm. if that lives a turn, I'll be able to start going off and lock them down, bring back yeah. amalgams, and I'll be fine. So that was a payoff. Mm -hmm. But what I didn't really think through was the potential downside of doing that was just to lose there and then. Um, yeah, I think I I think I was thinking out like, oh, he has five cards in hand. He needs to have a an untapped white source, which I think you only have you only have one planes and maybe four Aether Hopes, probably sounds right. 
Um, and the four card deck. Uh, on turn four, yeah. Yeah, because otherwise it's the top lands. Yeah, yeah there's yeah, multiple lands firing advantages and stuff. Yeah, yeah. so as you can see, he needs to have. But then not only not only does he need to have Pelter Guardian, he needs to have that and the and the planes with able to help. Yeah. And he has five cards in hand, so that's like forty percent of yeah. the cards in his hand have mm. to be these. Specific mm-hmm. cards, mm-hmm. so I was thinking in terms of the, like well, he's that. getting another card as well. Yeah, exactly. And he's scryed as yeah. well. Um, so my my rationale for taking that risk was that, but I think I should have considered that you know if I'm wrong, it's just game over. Yeah, but also, did you have an answer in your hand? No. Okay. Well, that means you're dead either way. But the, obviously, the the other the other side is he might not go for it. If all yeah. your yeah, and that. then yeah. but then where are you next turn? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you're kind of still doing the same thing. If you haven't yeah. gotten anything started yet. Uh, like, I mean, you know, maybe maybe then you draw, like, if you have another land, maybe you draw a lightning axe or yeah, something yeah. like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, there, there, so there's like, a, there's eight of those um, discard spells. Well, so yeah. I have, there's, yeah, so my outs, I'd say I had like 12 outs, either lightning axes, cathartic greenings, or tremendous voices. Mm-hmm. So I, I think if I gave more thought to it, I could have said, like, you know, there's, if I just get a few more draw steps, maybe even just two more draw steps, that would be enough to either give me an out to, to get going or give, 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 me, give me an answer to the combo or uh, a way to get going without tapping out yeah um, but I, I think that's probably the way I should have thought about it mm. uh, but I didn't it's tough yeah like this is I this, mean yeah this is this is the thing is that like against a deck like this they play their turn 3 Sahili the game is no longer that you get to just untap and make your turn 3 play that you normally would yeah, that's, that's just not how the, how, how the match works anymore yeah uh, which is that's the that's the unfair thing about this yeah, type yeah. of deck, uh, but like I think it's funny like those those last two rounds are basically like those life path changes could basically be this entire format going <laughs> yeah yeah that's really yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> going, going twenty seventeen ten dead and then going twenty nineteen dead yeah, 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 that's, yeah. those are the two ways <laughs> yeah. you die in this format yeah. and and then yeah, the nineteen being from a ping from Sahili yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah yeah so that was it. so it was also like round five I had a chance of getting in, getting in with Tree Two with high breakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I was paired up in round five, and uh, this this is probably, probably it was just an insane game. It was against a uh, green black constrictor, which is a good matchup for me because yeah. I can I can bring in all my removal, but, but I usually keep uh, fear visions in because mm-hmm. uh, they might they usually are drawn cards from their two drop. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you call it? bad Bob? What's what's it actually called? Uh, Lins- 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, so bad Bob, like <laughs> I said. <laughs> so um, there. Yeah, so it was it was game two. It's it was. Game two was so I won't be better, Bob. Yeah, better, Bob. Yeah, sometimes it's gonna be. Um, yeah, so in game two, right, I'm gonna play the sick, this sick play. So they had a yeah. So I was down, I was down a four life. They had a walking bliss out with two counters on it. So I went really deep in the tank. I had like seven cards in hand. Uh, I had the mana open to bring back Citrine's Cab into rope keep and emerge from that and then wipe their board uh, all in rope keep. Tap down. They had eight lands, so I could do that and tap down four lands. Mm-hmm. So I, I went like really, really deep in the tank when I was thinking, all right, well, if I do that, if they have the other walking blister in their hand, he'll be able to do this. So then as I was like thinking about all these possibilities, I spent like a long time just in silence, just thinking about this. And eventually, I realized, like, I was thinking there's a safe play I can do, there's a big value play I can do, where I do it at the beginning of combat, because he had a he had a Aethersphere Harvester out. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking I could wait until he grew that and attacks with that to try and get more value in. So as I was thinking about it, I realized that no matter what I did, if he had a, um, a walking blister in his hand, the game was already over because mm. I was on. Because he could play it out. Even if I tapped down his hands, if you keep, he could play it for four. He for two. The other one there was there for two. So, I, so with that rationale, so you were well, on four, were you? Yeah, I was on four. Sorry, yeah. So at this point, I was thinking, like, because I'm dead to this card in his hand, I might as well go for the biggest value play I can do. Yeah, yeah. 
and the biggest value play it turned out to be so it, it, was, it was pretty beautiful in that uh, I let him on I let him on top uh, so his board was the the Adrian Harvester one constrictor and the, the bottom list at two two mm. uh, he played uh, the Virgil's Gear Hulk. So I was able to respond to the original oh, Gear Hulk trigger. That's nice. So, and he he had he had crew, because he wanted to put a counter on the harvester. Yeah, he crewed a response it. to the trigger. Yeah. So oh, oh, no, 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 he, well, oh. he actually yeah, he actually crewed. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, oh, he crewed it before. He crewed it before. He crewed it before. Yeah. With the ballista. Yeah. yeah so uh, um, yeah. So then I was able to bring him between in the whitest board. Oh, that's um, amazing. So I think there was two three revisions out. So at the end of the turn, his turn, he draw he drew two cards. Yeah. Um, so, it was, so, so obviously he didn't have Bokmulis in his hand at that point. Yeah. But, but he seemed to like, have more cards. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I did, so at this point, now I, mean, I was able to kind of swing in for a lot of damage. Mm -hmm. And then I passed back to him, and I was thinking, well, now he's seen, yeah, like you said, three more cards. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, like, even though as sweet as that play was, if he drew if he drew Bokmulis, because now I'm at, I'm at two now, because he responded by yeah, being for two. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I was thinking now that he is, uh, yeah, so even if he drew a Bokmulis there, I'm still dead. So mm -hmm. I, I emerged in his upkeep. And because he had eight lands, I had to emerge twice. I uh, I, I, I emerged, or, uh, emerged from the scab. I sacrificed Sankt Vugan. I had two blue mana left over, so I emerged again to tap down his eight lands. Oh my god. Uh, which... Basically played mana short. Yeah. Sacrifice a creature, yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Uh, yeah, and then it was, it was it was pretty amazing. Then, yeah, then afterwards, and then I think uh, like life doubles, he was at 28. He went from 21, 17 to 6, uh, was, was what I have here. So it was, it, was, it was that kind of you know, big swing. I thought, well, I was at two the whole time. So at, at the end, then, yeah, he showed me his hand. Like, he, had, he drew a welcome blister from one of those few revisions. Yeah, so he did uh, the very right tight play, very tight play. Yeah, it was course. cool. Yeah, I was happy with that. Uh, and I, I was on such a, such a buzz from that, but then it still wasn't enough to <laughs> top four. You should, have, you should have argued that your play was so sweet that you should be in top four. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> that should, that yeah, should yeah. be a tiebreaker in itself. <laughs> yeah, it's like, did you see what happened here? Uh, yeah, it was pretty sweet. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, I, I was pretty happy with how he did overall. Um, I, I definitely kind of picked up some essence. I had a, I had a discussion with KV about the way I approached the sideboarding for a Mardu matchup. Um, it turns out Filigree Familiar is not the saviour that I need. No, it's probably um, not what you want. Extra line axes is, 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 is what I need. I, th I think that's a good idea. Five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think I, I, I always stuck by the answer before that it always feels bad to have two in your opening hand, so yeah. I never wanted to play four. But then, so I said this to McKaylee, he was like, well, I mean, would you like to have two in your opening hand during... The, the game where he went from 20 to 17 to 6. Yeah. yeah and I was, 20, 17, 10. 10 yeah. yeah. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, but the other the other thing is Lightning Axe does nothing against Gideon. That's true. Which is a problem. Well, yeah. Filigree Familiar does very little against Gideon Jumps. either. Jumps, yeah. draws a card. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah it does. Like, Filigree. <laughs> that card could be Lightning Axe. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's it. I, I, think, I think I was explaining, I was like, I won't put so when, yeah, when, when he flipped Abyss and uh, killed the Filigree Familiar, so I was like, mm -hmm. drawn two cards, and I was like, even though I was tapped out, I was thinking, oh, well, I kind of want these to be better answers than Filigree Familiar's Wear. Mm -hmm. um, Which is a bad place to be. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like, it's like when you say, you know, oh, I'll just run more than 60 cards with my deck. Yeah. You're like, well, you know, if you want to draw the answers you want, uh, you want to have a better chance of drawing them. Yeah. Yeah, like even when I was playing Blue-White Panharmonicon last season, where I had Filigree Familiar as a sideboard card, even with Panharmonicons in my deck, I didn't really like playing yeah, Filigree yeah. Familiar all that much. <laughs> yeah, so, so without the Panharmonicon, I, I can't imagine yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd want to put it in my, in my list. Yeah. Maybe if it was uh, a 3-3. Three, three. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that, yeah, so if it was a 3-2, yeah, if it was... Yeah, 3-2 would probably be fair. Yeah. 
Yes. So yeah, that was my my, my report. So um, I ended. So it feels like all these PPTQs, I I came fifth, even though it was top. It was top. It was top because of the number of people who were there. It was top. It was Could top, top four. four. Yeah. I came fifth. Um, I seem to consistently go ninth or fifth if it's uh, top eight or top four. Yeah. So, Always. Um, the <laughs> yeah. I got Yeah. I got I got to push a little bit more. Yeah. Just work on that. That's it. Yeah. I learned a lot though. You can definitely make it. Yeah, so we're all going to make it. Congrats yeah. to uh, Guido, who yeah. won that. So that's uh, two seasons in a row he spiked to PPTQ now. Yeah. Um, very impressively, he was on Four Color Sahili. This was, I believe, his first week mm. with the deck. I think on Thursday, Night Standard was his first time ever playing yep. Playing the deck. Yep. And he that's goes impressive. and wins the PPTQ yeah. straight away. Which is fair play. Obviously, a very consistent player since he's come back. And uh, yeah. Yeah, good luck to him with the RPTQ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. class. So I suppose that'll bring us on to our deck of the week, which is Four Color Sahili. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Two deck format, might as well go through both the decks. Yes, this might be our last deck of the week for a while. <laughs> I'm sure we'll find we'll yeah. find some decks to do with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we can talk. We can talk about it. Yeah, yeah, you played it. Yeah, you were yeah. So I, I played four cards CD last last Thursday night standard. Um, yeah, went two two as is by norm. No, did I? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, um, yeah. That's that's. Uh, that's the name of the game these days for me. Two two. Um, I've been I've been going a lot of two twos as well. I'm yeah. getting my six points every week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's my first time playing four colors Healy. Um, I played the Jeskai Healy deck like you know two weeks I think at the start of the format just because I was like oh I like this and uh, I liked it more than the four color one just because I I, I preferred the purity and the and the gear hooks at the top end mm-hmm. yeah, rather than the kind of mana consistency that. Funny enough, going for an extra color yeah. gives you. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, but it is nice to have like Othanissa and not have to worry about your, your planeswalkers, just cast whatever you want. Because mm. um, obviously the deck runs um, Chandra as well as Sahili. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, the deck is cool. I, I combo people out, great, whatever. But uh, like I was remarking to you guys on the night, I just felt like so many of my cards were individually terrible. <laughs> like something like Whirler Virtuoso or like Rogue Refiner just on their own you don't feel great about playing them when the mm-hmm. when your opponent has a heart of Kieran but Whirler Virtuoso is okay depending mm-hmm. on how much energy you have yeah. but I feel like Whirler Virtuoso is just a stall card mm-hmm. that's all yeah. it is it's, it's not winning you the game very often so so is Rogue Refiner really yeah, yeah, yeah I think you're, you're, you're having yeah. a trade with a, a tool crafting sample yeah, yeah it's basically yeah. Yeah, it's a weird place to be for a yeah and draw yeah. your fellow guardian yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, think, I think the format is defined by uh, you know turn one three two it's like everything's kind yeah, of pretty much around a, a turn one three two. Yeah, yeah. So the deck just uh, like the re- the reason one of the reasons why it's better than Jaskai is because it can play these earlier interactive cards and yeah. just buy itself a lot more time than a, than a pure control deck does. But it does put it does it's a, it's 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 a weird deck. It's like it's like yeah. kind of the same thing we were talking about with Team or Tower, mm-hmm. where it's not initially what you would go to when you when you try to maximize your combo or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But it turns out that like. The, like the aggressive creatures and stuff like that, and, the, and that get dropped in the first couple turns. Yeah. You you just need to have things that actually interact on the board. Yeah. So exactly. The, so it's it's just a much better deck than yeah. uh, than any kind of control variant. Mm-hmm. But like the the ability to get, um, like when you're a gear hook deck, if you play your gear hook on t- on turn six with no negate backup or dispel backup or whatever. You're pretty sure because you haven't played a creature for the rest of the game, yeah. that it's going to be unlicensed integration. Yeah, yeah. You'll get to, you'll get to find it's worse. More genius. It's almost yeah. worse than if you hadn't it's played it. It's worse than if you yeah, yeah. didn't play it. Yeah. yeah. So in the four quarters healy deck, you don't have that problem quite as much because they're using their unlicensed integrations earlier to get through your stuff, and especially if they use it on a world of virtual, so you can like make a top turn response and yeah, like, still block for a turn. But like 
you're especially on the draw. You're on, under so much pressure that you can just you just can't combo people out on turn four on the draw. No. On the play, you can. It's pretty mm. like almost trivial to do it yeah. if you have the cards in hand, because um, most decks can't put enough pressure on turn three to kill. Well, they, they if they have a hard care and they can, um, mm. but obviously you just don't play it then. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. The deck just felt terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't enjoy playing it. Yeah. Um, like it's a cool deck, whatever, but well, I wasn't a fan. So I think I'm gonna go back to Team Terror. Yeah, I think, I think yeah. Team Terror is. I think it is sort of just indi- indicative of. Um, uh, Brian DeMars wrote an article that, that I think we all read on Tom mm-hmm. Fireball this week mm-hmm. where he was just talking about like the way Wizards design things, like the mid-range version of whatever you want to do is generally the best way to do it yeah. because I, cause it generally means that like it's, like you're playing removal spells that are also permanents, whether they're Planeswalkers or like a, an Oath of Chandra or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your draw spells, your cantrips with an Oath of Nissa also a permanent. You know your card draw again, rogue refiner. You can't trip him, but you're leaving a permanent on the board yeah. and stuff like that. And it's just it's you get so much extra value out of doing that rather than just playing instants and sorceries. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes it really hard. It it just get, it puts you on a on a much better even playing field against creature decks. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you want to be a control combo deck, you're better off just being a mid range creature deck that also has the combo. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just, yeah. That's just kind of how magic works the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. One one thing that I did like about the deck was the same thing that I liked about the early versions of the the three color the the Jeskai decks mm. was the interaction between Felder Guardian and other cards in the deck. Yeah, that's actually the most interesting part, which is why I'd actually well, I mean, people wouldn't play Felder Guardian then, but I think it'd be more interesting to have Sealy banned than Felder because Sealy uh, or because Felder bounces or blinks the other things. Mm-hmm. So like when you bounce or, or keep saying bounce uh, when you blink an oath. That feels really good. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Like either Chandra or Nyssa. Uh, when you blink uh, Rogue Refiner or one of those other value creatures, that, mm-hmm. that also feels really cool. Obviously, Sahili can also copy them, which is also cool. Mm-hmm. Well, but, can um, only copy creatures. Yeah, can only copy creatures yeah. and artifacts. Yeah, so. Can she copy artifacts? Yeah, she can. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. um, I don't think I've. Ever done that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely cool elements, but. Not my kind of thing, I think, this time. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the sick tech that I had in my sideboard was Etherwind Basker on my <laughs> personal crusade to to make it a good card, which it, it won me it won me a game. Mm, that's won me nice. a game against Black Green, so... Um, oh, yeah, actually, I can see how it fit in the, the matchup against Black Green. Yeah, it's pretty sweet, like, because you just always have loads of energy sitting around, mm. um, and, like, you play it, you get a couple of energy... And then it attacks, you get a couple of more energy, and then you just make it like a 15-15 trampler, <laughs> and they just can't do anything about it. Because yeah. they have so much toughness that you need loads of power and toughness to block it, mm. or to go over them. So, I, I found that one quite effective. It was just a one-off in the sideboard, though. So Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. Um, okay, so I think that's about it for this week. Yeah. 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 Um, we're going to be back next week uh, with more discussions. I mean, it's going to be more or less the same situation in standard so um hopefully some other news happens yeah <laughs> uh, all, some might discover there's, there's always something yeah. Yeah, yeah there's always something yeah there always yeah. Will be. yeah yeah so uh yeah. our music was oh also i want to um i want to mention to people that we will be getting uh we're, we're, we're working on a website it's going to be delivered delivered through um simplecast and that will feed into all the places where you can possibly find podcasts such as iTunes and any other any podcast app that you have, yeah, okay. it, it'll be available on there. The podcast will be available on there, um, and yeah, our music was composed by Barry Cannon. 
Yeah, uh, shout out. Delicious new mix. Delicious. Yeah, delicious. <laughs> delicious new mix. A shorter mix, which uh, works very well at the start. And uh, yeah, thanks to him. And uh, I think that's it. Bye. See you guys. Bye. Before determined on Thursday, I was reading a chapter about what he called kind of you know, players having to fire. You know, he's he's saying how you know when you sit down at a game, even if you're falling behind, it's very easy to become. If, I say if you multiply five or if you're falling behind on the board, it's very easy to to uh, you know lose your aspiration to win. But he's saying that you know no matter how bad it gets, you want to just keep on going and 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 keep on playing to win. And just tell yourself, I am not going to lose this match, no matter how bad it gets. <laughs> So this this is what I, I was like on the Lewis going into the into play on Thursday thinking this and then it actually came up and it actually won me a game and I'm gonna tell you <laughs> why. So uh, I was playing against uh, Mardu, I think it was in round uh, round three. Uh, I lost game one, won game two. Um yeah, so like with like the way these Mardu matchups usually go, I was getting beat down pretty early. Uh, the version I was playing against he had um Dapala, which you don't really see uh, come up that often. Mm-hmm. He had Dapala and um Better motorist, which was a four-two. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So I, I, I so I was on, I was on three life, and I hadn't cast any spells yet. So it's a pretty, for, I suppose it's a similar situation to when I was playing against Zahili that I didn't have the Zahili at the PPTQ and that I didn't have any uh, discard spells to get stuff in a graveyard. I was like, you know, facing down the possibility of having to, you know, hard cast a Citrine Scab, which never feels good. Mm-hmm. And I was on three life. So in my hand, I had a Barrage Expertise, I had Icosis um, Returns in the Graveyard, I had an LD Fiend in my hand, and I was ready to die next turn from facing them, these two creatures, a 4-2 and a 3-3, and I was on 3 life, and I was like, alright, well, basically, I was thinking the game was over, I should have scoop. But then I remembered Patrick Chapin's words that I just told myself, I am not going to lose this game, no matter what. It sounds silly, but like I think it is very important yeah, psychologically. It is, yeah. So I was like, I mean, so usually I, especially if it's game two and I'm about to lose game two, I'd like wait until they turn a creature sideways. Yeah. We go through attacks, we go through the, we go through blocks, we go to damage, and then that's it. The game's over. Yeah. So so the, so the particular guy is playing. The guy is playing against uh, Alberto. He he's he, he's regular, he's a regular in the shop. He's a pretty good player. Uh, I just feel like he's just absolutely terrified of my deck. I played him a few times, and he always. Uh, Sometimes, you know, with the, the blue red emerge deck, it just goes off very quickly and then all these kind of things are happening. So I felt like, so he was saying before, I think in game one at one point I discarded a prize man with a citrine scab and he just, you know, groaned out loud because he's like, <laughs> oh, here we go. It's, it's, it's all, all, all of this stuff that's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so it was, I felt like he was, he was afraid of anything that my deck could do to the point that uh, it was... It, yeah, to, yeah to, to a point, to almost, so he, he was almost afraid to, like, an irrational point, because uh, he wasn't quite sure how much uh, bullshit I was capable of achieving, because what actually happened was, 
when I was facing down lethal, I tapped my forelands, I played citrine scab, and I said go. And I kind of sat up and I pretended to act all confident. Even though I was tapped out, I was facing down lethal, I only had one blocker, he had a 4-2 and a 3-3. Three, three, and I said go. And it's very slowly, he was kind of surprised by, by, by my play. And very slowly he drew his card, he played a land, he played out another creature. And very slowly he said, he, he thought for a while and then said uh, uh, combat. And I said yes. And he very slowly moved his two fingers towards uh, his two cards. <laughs> and I really slowly tilted them 90 degrees. And I had like five cards in my hand to go, don't know which to go play because I was tapped out. Yeah. Uh, as, as soon as he started turning the cards sideways, I had to sat up and move my hand towards my move my hand towards my five cards, which was <laughs> flat on the table. And then uh, he just jumped back and said, oh, wait, no, let me think, let me think. And I was like, yeah, yeah, take your time, take your time. Uh, so he slowly, he picked, he touched he touched his Tapala and moved his Tapala forward. And I kind of went to attack. And again, I just moved my hand towards my card hand. Yeah. And then he didn't. And, and, then, and, then, and then he took his hand back and then thought, thought some more. So, like, I, 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 I'm not really sure what was going through his head. But I just took the only play I could do, which was to keep on going. He went back in the tank and started thinking... And then he let out a big sigh, and he said, go. <laughs> so then, yeah, and, and so at that point, I, I was able to untap us, emerged out of the fiends, chained them, because we were wiping the board. And uh, yeah, after, after the game then, I asked, well, well, that was game two, and as sweet as that was, I lost game three, but that doesn't yeah, matter. But you, you won that game. I won that game, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so amazing. It was an, unwin- an unwinnable game. Uh, yeah, and I asked him afterwards, like, you know, why didn't he attack with, with, with his two creatures when there's, I had one blocker out, and I was tapped out. And he's like, oh, I, I, I don't know, I was afraid you're going to start doing all the, all the graveyard stuff and, and emergency things. But I was like, I was tapped out. He's like, yeah, I know, I was, I was, I was just afraid of it. And, and I, was, I was kind of saying, like, it's, it's, like it, it's nothing to be afraid of. I mean, I know it's a scary deck to play against, but like, you know, <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day, it's a tier two deck. It's not yeah. one of the top two. You can't get comboed out of nowhere. Um, so, I mean, I think if your opponent's tapped out, just, just, just attack. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's no slaughter pact in this format. Yeah, or no. yeah there's not. And I, I think it's not like it's not like he's playing around emulating Lair where yeah, there's no kind of right, downside right. To, to attacking. Yeah, it it's it, it is interesting though because like you get put in that position because of unfamiliarity mm. where you're not sure and what your opponent's options are, mm-hmm. and if you see like good players who are very familiar with the format. The, they are so comfortable when they play because they know every single turn exactly yeah. what their opponent can do. Yeah, you know, like they they have a good idea of the list, but even if they don't know the exact list, they know the strategy of what their opponent is trying to do. And it it really is just all about familiarity at that yeah. point. Like if you if you're comfortable with the matchup, you like you have no reason to ever get nervous. Basically, yeah, yeah. That's it. And I know. I suppose like when I started playing Magic, I think one thing I could never do was uh, the whole like. I know to so just be able to completely say I know there's no card in this format that he or she can play now that will turn this around. Yeah. yeah. So like say if if you're attacking into a player that attack lethal into a player that has um I don't know uh you know blue red up you're like well I know there's no card they can cast uh, yeah. that that can stop this so I'll do mm-hmm. it. Uh, but I suppose if you don't know if you don't have and it's like a bit of knowledge of every card in the game you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that happens in limited a lot when you play a new format. You yeah, know, you're not sure what tricks are in the format. Like yeah. I put, when we played a Modern Masters on Saturday, yeah, there was a, I was facing down an attack from your Woolly Thoctar, and I blocked with an extra creature 
just because I wasn't wasn't sure what tricks there were if you could give a trample yeah. and deal an extra point. I wasn't sure if it was relevant, but I I just thought that like I blocked with an, an extra one one token, and I yeah. just thought I'd rather just lose this token rather than yeah. Yeah. not be sure of a card he can exactly. play. And just lose yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, the, when you're a new player, it really is like overwhelming to yeah, that's it. Like like to have to make those decisions and stuff and not know. Whereas like you said, when you play against an experienced player, like they play a creature on turn two, and I'm playing like the team or tower deck. And I, uh, at the end of their turn, I tap my two mana. They're picking it up already. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Before yeah. before I even cast something, I'm like, no, no, it's anticipated. Yeah. <laughs> but you can move your creatures to the if you want. Yeah. But you can't. No, that'd be. Yeah. No, that's not allowed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it's funny the the effect that that can have on people. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's yeah. So I think the lesson I took away was you know you gotta have that fire. You gotta if you don't want to lose game, just don't lose the game. You gotta just play it out. Let them turn their let them turn their dude sideways, and then sometimes a miracle can happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, believe you, you know. can fly. Yeah, well, so but don't do it if you're like you know if if you want to go game three for time. Um, sometimes it's better just to scoop. Yeah, and also the other important thing that we took away from Thursday is that you didn't expect me to be on natural state. 